Hello, and welcome to Wagon's Weirdos Polaris, a D&D podcast set in the world of Fiala. I am the Dungeon Master Darby, and joining me as always are Eddie playing Tibble, Mitch playing Neris, Laura playing Rue, Jake playing the Fishman, Joe playing Alton, Emily playing Cerise, and Zoe playing Loren. Let's jump into it. Where we last left off, the uh, crew of the Polaris uh, took their prisoner to their ship, although not without some uh, difficulty when the pris- when uh, uh, Vatraj uh, slipped out of the, let's be honest, poorly tied ropes um, and tried to escape, although it was immediately tackled by the fish man. Uh, and recaptured. Um, and Loren kind of sidestepped the party as they were traveling to, to discuss meeting with Neris on their ship uh, in the evening. And after the... After negotiations for negotiations were made with Vatrej, uh, uh, and they were left on the ship, Alton and Tibble had a bit of a discussion about Alton's past. And that's basically where we pick back up with Tibble and Alton and anyone else who is going to be involved going to interrogate slash negotiate with Vatrej Crow. So who is involved here? Fishman. Well, I believe Fishman Neris were already there mm. guarding the room. Uh, Neris is in the room with the individual. Um... Tibble, when he gets back to the ship, um, I think he will, um, just as a quick aside, um, he'll say to Alton, uh, I'll uh, join you down there in a minute, lad. Let the others know that um, we'll begin shortly. Of course, will do. And he's going to go and find Rue. Uh, whereabouts would Rue likely be at this time? Not very difficult. Rue is standing on the deck looking out into the ocean. Cool. Moving. Um, Tibble, he climbs up and sort of sits um, on the banister on the edge um, of the boat uh, next to where Rue is leaning Um, and he kind of turns to look at Rue and he's like Rue, lad I'd like to apologise for um, getting you involved today and thank you profoundly for protecting Alton Rue doesn't quite, like, incline their head to look down at Tipple, um, 
but um, like their eyes sort of flicker um, in recognition while Tibble was talking, and they just nod curtly. Of course, Alton was injured. Is he faring well? I, I think a bit worn out, but as we all are. That's understandable in the situation. Rue, are you okay? I'm thinking a great deal many things. Penny for your thoughts? When Rue kind of like turns and just like inclines their head to look down at uh, Tibble. And then just like just takes it like just a long look at Tibble. And then it's just like that would probably take a little bit too long when you have a prisoner to interrogate. May I ask what you're going to do with them? At this stage, I'm not too sure, Rue. I would very much like to be able to release this prisoner or pass them on, be it to my employers or to someone else. But I just want to make sure that things are okay between you and the Polaris, I mean, between you and I, something seems, and I could be misreading here, but there aren't usually questions if you're sure of what's going on. I suppose so. In a similar way to any questions being answered before we replied with captain's orders. It Tibble is looks, a shorty to have. Tibble looks um, a fair bit confused for a moment. And then... Um, he opens his mouth and shuts it. And then he's like, Rue, I have things I wish to discuss with you. If you have time, either later tonight or early tomorrow before I go to make my report. Um, things may have changed your outlook on what I wished to discuss with you, things that happened today, but for the time being, as much as I'm captain of the Polaris, you're my guest. And if you're ever in a situation where you don't feel comfortable with what we're doing, you do not follow my orders, Rue. Right I now... Don't. Right now, you're not one of my crew. 
and your autonomy is important. I see. I understand this. So if I've advertently or inadvertently caused you to make decisions that you wouldn't otherwise, I apologize. And I'll ensure it doesn't happen again. With the decisions I have made, I can only hope the same be of everyone here. I would very much like to be present for this interrogation. Are you feeling up to it? I have noticed that there have been no healers sent, and you have been speaking with the most highly esteemed one upon board. So I would very much like to heal, as I'm not sure if it's the same with you. But for bird folk, if there's a harpoon through their shoulder, they are in great physical distress, if not mental. And I would very much like to ease that pain. I can send for Sia, Rue. I'm... It's okay. My intent is not to grievously harm this person, and I would not have done that had circumstances been different. Perhaps this is something we can discuss later. But you're welcome to come along if you wish, if it makes you more comfortable, or otherwise, I can always send for Sia and have her look over it. I don't know how to describe how Rue's, like, physicality is currently, but, like, um, there's, a, again, a lot more of, like, clicking of, like, something beneath the armour and um, the clothing and the kind of, like, sort of very tall, hunched-over physicality that, like, Rue kind of embodies. Um, and the, the lights kind of shunt a little bit, um, like, waver um, behind their eyes and in between the seams of their armour. And they just, like, take another look over table and then nod. I see. I hope it goes well, then. Of course. Get I some rest, Ruth. I continue to think. And they turn back towards the ocean and stare out across the waves. Tibble, um scampers down from the banister. Um, he heads towards the doors, well, the stairs to lower deck, um, turns and takes one last look at Rue before scampering down to where the interrogations are taking place. So, um, Simplicity's sake, is there anyone not going to the interrogation of the Polaris? Uh, I guess it's just Rue. Okay. Um, Tibble will send for Sia um, yeah. on his way. He will grab her, um, interrupt whatever meditations or uh, potions that she was brewing or anything of the sort. Um and bring her along. All right. 
Um, before everyone arrives, <clears throat> um, Neris is in the room with this individual. Um, and Neris just sort of sits him down on the bed, and I'm assuming Fish, fish Man is outside at the door. Mm. Um, there is only, like, it's just the one door here and maybe, like, a small window or something or other. So there's no, like, additional exits or anything that we need to worry about, is there? No. Okay, cool. Um, so Neris will um, sit this individual down on the bed um, and we'll take a seat opposite. Just kind of look at him for a little bit, kind of like with a cocked head. Um, can Neris just sort of get a... Like, just do a general vibe check on this individual. I think we know everything that Neris is about to find out already. But just to be, you know, uh, just to see. Roll me an insight check. Uh, that is a 19. Uh, Sorry, it's a dirty 20. Okay. Uh, he's a little hard to read, but uh, very stoic. Very much um, holds himself with an, in a way that suggests um, that he has been, like, that he has had a good amount of training, um, particularly in regards as well to um, anti interrogation tactics. Um. Neris just with the cocked head um, after a little moment um, just places a hand up over his mouth and he's going to cast message to this individual and we're going to have a conversation entirely in our own heads which will begin you are much more than we give you credit for, aren't you? A little. That's very kind of you, but there are not many who can resist my magics. And you did so incredibly handily. How do you represent? You are not working alone, are you? I work for... I work for the Pact Guard. Specifically. Pact Guard. Has Neris heard of the Pact Guard before? Um... Yes. Um... Roll me a history check to determine how much. Oh, Neris is good at these. That's not a great roll. Um, that is a 16. 16. Um, they're probably akin to... Um, they are probably... Um, they're an official agency, um, probably akin to something like the FBI or the federal police. Um, in, in the, like, they're not 
just your general guard, but they are they they are above. Well, not not necessarily above, but like they're they're not they're dealing with stuff that isn't the jurisdiction of a particular island. They're dealing with something that is within the jurisdiction of the entire Yalak Pact, typically. So what you're saying is kind of a big deal. Depends on depends on how big a deal his boss is within the Pact Guard. Fair. Um, <clears throat> it appears that I am sure there is some form of misunderstanding here. I do not think there is as much of a misunderstanding as you believe that to be. Well, I don't, um, if you'll forgive me, I don't believe there's a misunderstanding on your part. Um, We have uh, obviously not understood who you represent or um, what your intentions are. I'm certain that once this is brought to light, when our captain hears of this, you will be released and you will return back to your masters and you will remember that What I'm trying to say is your mission here was not against a group, it was against an individual, no? Okay. Perfect. Has your mission changed in light of recent events? Uh, currently? No. No. Yeah, however, there may be discussions. I would assume that there would be. Um, <clears throat> is there anything that can be done to mitigate any damages? Are you attempting to bribe me? I'm not. I am attempting to secure the safety of the crews that I serve with. You wish to... Um Secure the safety of your crew. Then uh, I suggest you hand over the fugitive. Unfortunately, the fugitive is not mine to give. However, you will speak with the captain, who this fugitive, uh, I believe, until potentially quite recently, uh, serves under. Anyway, I um, <clears throat> just wanted to um, inform you that there has been a, um, a gross misunderstanding on our part on who you are and what your intentions are. And on behalf of 
those who were responsible, I would like to extend my apologies to your treatment. And I do hope that after some preliminary questions from the captain, you will be released and you will be returned back to wherever you are based. And we can open up a conversation um, with whoever has issued this order um, to sort out this mess. You are not like the others. You carry yourself differently. No one is like anyone. Everyone is unique. You know what I mean. You're far more methodical. Everything considered. Nothing left to chance. It is an interesting trait. kept me alive as I am sure it has you now where is that captain of yours it'll be coming momentarily <clears throat> and Nurse will sit back in his chair and continue just to look probably um Oh, no, sorry, you go, Jack. I was just going to say, Fishman would probably knock on the door because it's been quiet for some time in there, like, not a sound. Mm-hmm. They'd probably knock on the door and probably say, is everything good in there? It's been very quiet. Everything is fine. We are waiting for the captain. I see them coming now. Perfect. Yeah, and it's probably about this time um Alton would have arrived before the captain um but about maybe five minutes afterwards the captain attends with Sia in tow um and he gives a nod to the fish man thank you lad all in order Wonderful. Shall we? I believe they're all ready for us. Perfect. Um, Tibble opens the door um, and allows the others to walk in before him. And then when he walks in, he shuts the door. Um, and he gives a nod to Neris. And then addresses um, Vortresh? Vatresh? Vatresh. Vatresh. Um, Good afternoon, Mr. Crow. Good evening, Captain. Now, uh, thank you for agreeing to participate in a uh, discussion here. It is, after all, what I wanted to do to begin with, to understand why you were attacking a member of my crew. Um, 
I've since discussed some things with that crew member, but I would like to hear your side of the story as well. And then we can begin some negotiations. But first things first. Uh, Sia, attend to the man's wounds, would you? So, Sia just does a quick uh, cure wounds at a third level. Um, and it's not great, but it's not bad. Um, so that's 11, 12, 13, so 14 points of healing yet. Um, for reference as well, when the captain has entered the room, Neris has stood up from his chair, nodded in, re- in return to the captain, and he's backed away into a little corner, sort of next to the door, and he's crossed his arms, and he's sort of bowed his head a little bit, and he's now watching. I trust you've found the accommodations quite suiting yourself, Mr. Pro. They are suitable. Much more accommodating than your average prison. Mm. Well, see, there were the escape attempts that you tried to make when all I wanted was a conversation to try and lead to less harm to yourself and my crew, but we will move on from that, shall we? And hopefully we can get this all sorted and send you back on your merry way. So, um, I ask you, what exactly has led you to this situation today? A number of years ago, uh, I, my regiment was sent to Tavamar. There we were to deal with a criminal organization there, the Crimson Lakes. We were mostly able to deal with them, Um, but there were some loose ends. Uh, My boss, uh, Lady Peacebringer, Captain Peacebringer, does not like um, Lucens. I, of course. No, I can completely understand that, and um, it is well within your duty to be doing your job. However, can I ask you what evidence you have here to be shooting at a member of my crew in the middle of the streets in broad daylight? We had an informant. Okay, but is there hard evidence that that informant is true to their word? Uh, Do you have a signed affidavit for me, Mr. Crow? We have several witnesses who saw his testimony under a zone of truth. And do you have signed witness testimonies that you can present to me right now, Mr. Crow? Well, of course not. Well, then, if you are not willing to bring the proper paperwork before shooting at someone in broad daylight in the middle of the street, then I suggest next time you bring the proper paperwork before shooting at a member of my crew, Mr. Crow. Does that sound reasonable? 
Oh, I will make sure next time I have all of my I's dotted and my T's crossed. Wonderful. Now I have spoken to young Alton, uh, who is and will remain to be a member of my crew under the heads of the Hydra. And I will be making a full report to the Hydra of what has occurred here today. However, unfortunately, without proper paperwork, nor proof of Alton being who you say that he is, I cannot let you kill or take this man today. It is uh, very apparent that you would not allow that at this stage. Aye. Now, can I suggest next time you start shooting people in the middle of the street, Mr. Pro, that you allow any form of discussion to happen before I have to gun you down with a harpoon? Because I can imagine if one of my crew came into your offices or saw you wandering down the street and started shooting at one of someone in your company, how would you react, Mr. Crow? I would bring the full force of the law down upon them. Wonderful. And on this ship, Mr. Crow, I am the law. I may not have been the law in those streets at that time. However, I am acting captain of all of these here crewmates. And as their acting captain, it is in my best interest to protect them. Now, I had not heard of this Kaline Peacebringer. So I think that you will appreciate that you invoking the word of someone who I did not know and have not met is not much of an explanation while you are still continuing to shoot at a part of my crew. Does that sound reasonable, Mr. Crow? Uh, that is reasonable. What a wonderful guard. The Pact Guard. I am of the seas, Mr. Crow. Anyone can claim to be anyone on the seas. When you are shooting at someone in broad daylight, without showing proper insignia, claiming to be Pact Guard, am I to take you on face value? You, who has shot at my crew member several times without the proper paperwork. I understand your reticence, Monsieur Wonder. Now, it is not my intention to keep you held captive here today. However, I think you will understand that I will have two of my crew accompany you Do you have an office space here, Mr. Crow? Anyone who is anyone has an office on Ancathia. You should know that. It's not my job to know that, Mr. Crow. I think you will find. I will have two of my employee 
escort you back to your place of employ and you are not to step foot on my ship until such a time as this Kalein Peacebringer can bring me hard evidence and have a full conversation with me, the captain under which Mr. Alton is employed. Do I make myself clear? It's mad. Will my rifle be returned to me? Will your what? My rifle, my weapon. I, once you have stepped foot back into your place of employ, you've attacked one of my crew, what's to say you won't attack another? I understand your reticence. All of your belongings will be returned to you, Mr. Crow. Now, do any of my junior officers have anything they wish to discuss or ask of Mr. Crow before we send him on his merry way back to his employers? Well, as the uh, the accused and the uh, victim here, I just wanted to express my sincere apologies that you could not spill more blood today. I know half a city that that surely was not enough wonderful to hear too that you're part of the pact guard when amara is in fact a patchless isles you should have no authority there don't well that's the way of the world i suppose an interesting point you bring up mr bearwing Ben, 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 not Bowen. That's the other one. <laughs> wow. Mr. Bainwen. Close enough. <laughs> I do wonder if the, uh, if the proper legal paperwork was filled out for such a um, raid on an organization. And considering what I've seen here today, you'd better hope so. Mr. Crow. I assure you. And tell Kalein to bring it with her when she no doubt comes to speak with me. I assure you all the proper arrangements on Tavamar were made. Mm. And I am to take you on your assurance then. Of course. Mm. Have I been anything but forthcoming with you? Well, you did actively shoot at someone in the middle of a civilian street, Mr. Crow. So apologies for not exactly being trusting with you. Allow me to know that it was within the officer's, uh, well, handbook to endanger civilians. Civilians were not endangered. You were shooting on a civilian street in broad daylight. 
I assure you, whether you believe civilians were endangered or not, they were in danger. Takes one person to step in front of the stray bullet. You did also shoot into a fog, probably not being able to see who you were shooting at. That is correct, my dear friend. Do any of my junior officers have any further questions for Mr. Crow before we uh, depart with him? I believe this individual has the message. Wonderful. Well, Mr. Crow, I'd say it's been a pleasure, but you have actively endangered civilians and shot at my crew. So it hasn't. Um, And I would love to hear from your superior at some point with all of the documentation that she would require to take Mr. Alton out of my employ and my company. Oh, and do note that there is um, a considerable amount of paperwork that has to be filled out through the heads of the Hydra to dispatch such a crew member in such a manner. So I will be discussing that with them prior to you taking custody of Arjun. Is that clear? Completely. Wonderful. Fishman, Neris, would you be so kind as to accompany our uh, esteemed guest back to his place of employ, or shall I uh, make other arrangements? You both have had a rather large day. I can understand if you're a bit worn out from, well, the scuffle we had with our dear friend here. I am happy to escort this individual. He did join. Wonderful. Alton, see you're dismissed. I'll see you out of the ship, Mr. Crow. He just flips in the bird as he leaves. Alright. So, um, I take it Neris and Fishman are escorting uh, Vatraj into town? Uh, yeah. Uh, a little bit. We're not going all the way back to his employment. I'm assuming he's not going to tell us where his place of employment is. No. Um, so it'll be sort of just like into town, maybe for a couple of minutes. Um, <clears throat> as we get to near like the center of town, um, Neris is going to um, turn to the individual who I'm assuming we don't have tied up at this point. I would imagine so. Yeah, okay. No, he is untied and has been since he was deposited into the guest room. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and Neris will just sort of um, half turn as we're walking. So, um, <clears throat> well, thank you very much for your time. Um, I, if I may, um, 
recap on everything that the captain was saying. Um, <clears throat> if you are to bring some formal paperwork from your organization uh, to the captain, we would be more than willing to cooperate with you and your organization for uh, the transfer of this alleged fugitive, if all the paperwork is correct. I would be more than happy to act as an intermediary for uh, <clears throat> these negotiations, if you so choose. Uh, please also extend our sincerest apologies for the misunderstanding and I'm uh, certain the captain was very pleased to make your acquaintance um, <clears throat> well uh, thank you for your time and uh, goodbye um, Fishman gives you the foulest of eyes right now as well mm-hmm. say anything or does he just leave he just leaves okay. uh the Neris will turn to fishman and say what do you expect to happen do you not agree with trying to patch things up do you want do to bring the, the wrath of the pact guard down on the entire crew absolutely not but i don't believe we should simply hand them over do we know the whole story? Do you truly believe that the captain will hand Alton over? Just with a bit of paperwork? At least we have bought a bit of time. Exactly. But I just... This whole situation has thrown me off quite a bit. And I'll be honest, I don't know how to feel at the moment. I don't think a lot of us know how to feel about this. This is not a... <clears throat> normal conversation. We are heading back to the ship at this point. I'm yes, assuming. yes. Um, we are. We are almost like I want to say like <laughs> like legs are going wild, but we're just like staring right at each other, having oh, like an in-depth 100%. conversation. But we are we are post haste making it back to the ship. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to do what is best for the entire crew of this vessel. If I would lo- just like to know that you have Alton's best interests at heart. I have complete faith in the captain, and the captain has complete faith in Alton. That's all I need to hear. I apologize if you do not understand my motives, but I am trying to buy as much time as I can so that this situation, whatever it may be, we can find out what is happening and we can solve it without more bloodshed. Agreed. Perfect. Then yeah, I guess we'll just make our way back. I guess we will. Fine. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) And we march back in silence, each one trying to go a little bit faster than the other. All right. Um, is there anything else folks would like to cover in the afternoon or evening? As we get towards the evening, Neris is going to remember a little conversation that he had with a stranger on the way back from the tavern. And that was the meeting is going to happen on board the ship tonight. Neris is mildly concerned 
but also his curiosity takes over as his lust for knowledge is stronger than really anything else. So, Neris is going to just quickly go up to his, uh, to his room. He's going to pull out a couple of books, flick through a couple, one to the page that has this um, individual seemingly controlling the weather on it, um, which appears to be sketched uh, rather hurriedly in a book full of sketches and words and descriptions that are all kind of half finished, almost like hurried. Um, and there's a little date on the top, which is um, uh, dated almost a year ago on this image. And he's going to look at that and he's going to pull out um, another little diary and flick through sort of his personal log. Um, and he'll go to the, the night that we were attacked by elemental beings. He'll read through that description and then he's going to um, kind of grimace a little bit and pull out his, uh, his divining orb and he's going to focus on it and he's going to think about um, earlier on when uh, Neris, Rue and Fishman were walking along the docks trying to find an apple and we came across a certain ship. He's going to think back to that and think back to the structure of the ship and think on um, similar to his own ship, the um, sort of the, the hallway that leads sort of to the captain's room. Uh, obviously, Naris hasn't been in the captain's room before, so he doesn't know that, but he knows the hallway. So he's going to think on that and he's going to close his eyes. And then when he opens it again, there's this sort of blue hue to them, which is reflecting off of this divining orb as that smoke that's in slowly writhes and turns into the hallway on the red Phoenix and Neris casts clairvoyance and begins to watch what is, what is happening. Hey. Um, well, I guess the question is, it's what, it's about sunset-ish. Uh, Emily, is Cerise back aboard yet? <laughs> or is she still busy? She's probably just rolling back onto deck now. So Neris probably at some point will catch a glimpse of her. This hallway would probably be like down the center of the ship, so not really anywhere with windows. But in the distance, after a minute, two of, of just general ship ambience, you hear this sound on the deck, like this loud thump and splash. And then you hear a little, a little pseudo dragon whine. 
All right, all right. I know it was under for longer than you expected. You should be used to this by now, buddy. And then you hear the footsteps go across the deck. And just, all right, all right, just let me pick up my shoes. And then down the steps. And then from the entryway, you see Loren. And before I describe Loren, Neris, are you going to, are you around? You're alone, yeah? Neris is alone in his quarters, yes. Could I ask everyone except Neris and Cerise to take their headphones off? You see Loren, barefoot, in what you think could be her underwear, maybe swimwear, a fantasy bikini of a sort. And for some reason, the first thing you notice is you'd maybe never realize she doesn't, she wears a headband all the time. And you realize you've never seen her ears before. You'd thought, I don't know what you'd assumed about her, maybe that she is human and self-conscious about her ears, or maybe elven from the color of her eyes, since they're not natural, or maybe even changeling from the way her features shift. But it's none of those. They're fins. Iridescent fins that poke out of her hair, long and wet. When she shakes it back, you see, normally hidden by her high collar, gills, scales down her shoulders and her collarbone. You see on her hands, where normally her gloves cover, you see deep blue and green, almost watercolor that wraps around her wrists, almost like bruises, but it's not. A slight webbing at the bottom of her fingers. Her toenails, like her fingernails, are almost like talons. And she is covered in patches of scales that go from her suntanned skin tone to almost clear to this iridescent blue and green and yellow. And you think this is familiar. You're a traveled man. This is familiar, but you're not sure why. And you think, and you think, and then she speaks to Eirik in primordial. Words you know, words you knew she could speak because she spoke primordial once in ascending, but you hear her just muttering to him, nothings, the way you baby talk a cat. And all at once it hits you. She's Triton. But not, you've never seen a Triton that looks like her. They're always fully green. They're always fully scaled. They are fish people. 
something about her isn't right, isn't fully Triton. And she walks past the clairvoyance. And as she walks past, you see the two feather tattoos on her forearms that you know, that you have seen in visions and in real life. She has the two falling around each other on each forearm. And on her back, between the scales, on her shoulder blades, where wings would sit, there are two more black feathers. And you also see over her right shoulder, deep, fresh scarring, like a shark bite. Over one side and down the back where the scales are broken. Pulled apart, wrenched in some places, it looks painful. You think back on the way she didn't seem to care about the fact she was bitten. She cared about being seen. And she walks past and she goes into her room and you hear her speaking in primordial some more. And after maybe another two minutes, she walks back out fully dressed, buttoning the collar on her shirt until she looks as human as she ever will. And she says to Eirik again in Primordial, we'll have guests soon, got to look presentable. Now come on, buddy. Were you going to be good for me during this meeting or are you going to cry again the whole time? There's a lad. Come on, let's go make an impression. Then she walks back past onto the deck. <clears throat> Would you like to react to that before everyone puts their headphones back on? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Neris is going to sort of look at that and snap back out, stare that crystal ball with the smoke, smoke kind of roiling around. Just sit back in his chair and go, well, this just got very interesting. <laughs> now our friends may return to headphone mode. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then after that, I think um, Neris is going to just sort of pocket the divining orb in the little, uh, <clears throat> his special pouch in his satchel. He'll put those two books plus a couple of others uh, in the satchel as well. Um, and he's going to make his way out onto the, onto the deck. Um, is anyone on the deck out of curiosity? I think Tibble. 
Is that Tibble and Rue? Rue is also there, yes. Okay. It's all in the same place that they were before the interrogation occurred. Right. Tibble's probably on the other side of the deck for now, probably just coming out of his quarters, which I believe are off the top deck anyway. Um. Neris will sort of shoulder his bag and kind of pull up the collar of um, of the coat that he's wearing um, and look at Tibble and um, just kind of cast message um, just because it's a little bit too far of a distance to, like, yell and Neris doesn't really want to do that. He wants to keep his voice. Um, Neris will just say, I am... Uh, as previously discussed, I am going to have a conversation with Lorraine about the elementals that we encountered. She may be able to provide some assistance on that matter. Um, Tibble gives him a nod and then um, you'd get the message back. Um, Can you please send Cerise my apologies? for uh, the disruption to our meeting today and discuss. Let her know that we will be available for rescheduling whenever suits her. Possibly not in this port, though, given circumstances. If I interact with Cerise, I will let her know. You can tell Loren to tell her if need be, as long as it's passed on. Of course, Captain. Stay safe. I will try. However, if you do not hear from me in the next few hours, you know where I will be. I am. But give me a moment at least. I wish to see where this goes. If you're not back by dawn, um, I'd actually like a a meeting with the junior officers at dawn. So if you're not there, we'll be coming to you. Of course, Captain. Um, And Neris takes a couple of steps towards towards the gangplank and then we'll look over at at Rue, who has been... Quiet, uh, than usual. Um, since uh, well, the incident in the tavern. Um. Yeah, they sort of like turn to regard to look at Doris a bit. Um, the light behind their eyes quite dim. Rule. Yes. Quartermaster Neris. Neris is quiet for a little bit, just kind of like regarding her. Is there something you wish to talk about? Hmm. 
Do I roll an insight check on me, on me please? <laughs> sure. Uh, that's a... Because mask. <laughs> I think 12. Yeah, 12. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Rue kind of, like... Uh, as, like, you know, Nerys has done, like, a long, kind of, like, a long stare. Um, uh, like, Rue does that right back at him. And then when, when like, Nerys says, like, for a 12, like, when Nerys says, is there something you want to talk about? Their, like, head kind of, like, turns almost imperceptibly towards the captain and then looks back at um, Nerys. I'm not sure. Is there something you wish to discuss? Nerys kind of has, uh, at that, a little bit of a side grin and says I am not sure oh we are twins then we are twins do you wish to come for a walk we again that same kind of like slight head held tilt sort of towards the captain and back to Nera's and like, oh, and then like a kind of like a stare, like a glance back out of the ocean with like the um, is it like is it what what's the moon look like? Well, moons? I don't actually know how many moons. Um, how uh, only only a the moon. one moon. Yeah. Yes. Um, where it's starting to rise over the water. Hmm. I would love to go for a walk. Perfect. Well, let us go then, <clears throat> and. Naris will begin to walk uh, down the gangplank onto the onto the the dock, and we'll wait for Rue. Excellent. Rue kind of just like stares out oh at the oh, across the sea for a moment longer, and then um, turns around and sort of like stretches in a quite an unnatural manner, um, and looks over at the captain and sort of like uh, tilts their tricorder slightly. Captain. And then um, we'll follow Nerys down the gangplank onto the gr- onto the solid ground. <laughs> Before um, Rue heads off, um, Tibble does sort of scamper up to her, and he says, um, "I uh, I won't interrupt your walk, but um, Rue, if you're not too tired, if you have a moment when you return, come knock on my door. There's something I'd like to discuss with you." Um, again, like they kind of seem to like look over Tibble a little bit and then just nod after a long, long. Of course, I will remember. Enjoy. You'll be in good company. He gives a little wave to Naris um, and then that heads down. To be seen. <laughs> I <And> suppose so. <laughs> and he um, just turns heads to the low deck and follows Naris. Again, with like again, like a lot more straight, but like um, standing up quite tall, but like still the little spindly hands as they kind of look around and um, follow where Nerys is walking. So, rule, <clears throat> you don't mind if I call you rule, do you? I have been calling you Friday for so long. I don't mind either if you're comfortable with rule. I am comfortable with it too. They're both names given to me. Rue is fine. 
How do you find Ankesia? The Rue kind of like suddenly like sort of straightens up a lot more again and then just like um sort of seems to like surge with a little bit of like for like the briefest moment of like multicolored sort of energy just like surges through like the little seams of their body and like uh, through their eyes and then just like fizzles out again. I do I like it very much. It is much bigger than where I come from. Perhaps I've been here before, I don't recall. But it is very exciting and it has a great deal of many things and a great deal of many people and places and an opera and shops and people that are not bird folk, which is unusual. I like it very much. You travel here often, you were saying. The Polaris does dock here. Um... <clears throat> Fairly regularly, as this is, um, if you would say, not exactly our home, although some on the crew would see it as. Um, it is a place that we come to most frequently. Yes, that's right. You said it was not a home. Why do you ask? I am just making conversation. Um, it's talk. True. You're doing a very good job. I appreciate it very much. You were carrying the conversation wonderfully. Oh, well, thank you very much. I have been um, uh, reading and studying how to hold conversations because um, so far... That's a good idea. All I have been able to do is talk about the weather. Um, <clears throat> that does not... Um, <clears throat> I find it does get very repetitive after what a while. What a shame. The weather is always so interesting and so varied and tells you so much about everything. It does. Yes. What do you think of the weather? Just in general, the concept of the weather. It is interesting. It can brighten and dampen the day, depending on how things go. It was rainy earlier today, and now... Well, it is not as rainy. In... The wet sense, I suppose. But I find the weather very interesting. Is that a sort of magic you're investigating? Or is it just a, a form of interest or more small talk? Either way, you're doing very well. I believe it is a combination of all three. Um, all three. <clears throat> I'm trying to make what some people call a segue, I think is the correct terminology. Um, oh, I see. The, I am not, um, I should inform you before we get too far away from the ship, uh, this is not just a normal walk. I am actually walking with intent. Um, I have a, um, a meeting with... Oh. Do you remember the individuals that we met at the tavern just before? Yes, um, the meeting. But yes. Cut short. It was indeed cut short. When, yes, that meeting. Neris is going to start to continue talking and then he's going to sort of like twig on something. Say, how do you feel that went? Hmm, they like the, um, 
the like the light like seems kind of like flicker again but like a lot more dim again for a moment and then there's like a, just a little flash like a spark of red in between like some of the hinges and then just like a little bit of like clicking of like joints um rue sort of in a sense pulls himself back together if it is of my personal thought i think that went very poorly i suppose overall no one died so that could be considered a win but i would consider it a loss if i am speaking frankly not as a member of the polaris So that weather, I'm not so good at this, perhaps I need to borrow a walk. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> knowing, firstly, you can always speak the frank with me, um, that is perfectly fine. Um, I do um, speak have... Speak frank. Uh, yes, I believe that is the correct terminology. Of um, course. <clears throat> if... Knowing what you know about how that went, if that situation occurred in the future exactly the same, what yes. would you do to change it? How would you want it to change? It is difficult to change the future almost as much as it is to change the past. But it is the not possible. The present is much easier. Well, I suppose... There is no real thing as the present. If you focus on the present, it becomes the past. That's true. You are very profound. I suppose if I were to change something, perhaps I could have found a way to quell the situation. Perhaps I needed more apples. Instead, I had made assumptions about this crew and the people on board. And I saw a great deal many things that I was not expecting. Not expecting to hear or to see. Perhaps if I had been more assertive, as the fishman says, also says that he does things because the captain asks then perhaps perhaps things would have turned out differently but at least no one died i suppose this is presuming of course that you did not murder the captive wherever you were leading him to when you left the boat before the ship my apologies i saw your eye twitch there thank you um, well, you would be happy to know that we escorted him into town safely and he was released without harm. Good. You know, <clears throat> loyalty is a funny thing. <sighs> there are those who would follow orders without question, believing that to be loyalty. And there are those 
could question every order and also believe that to be loyalty. Both are very different, but both are all very true. Do you think so? In their own way. Loyalty is a funny umbrella. There are many things that can hide underneath it. This is true. I think... It is important to get to know everybody. Um, as yeah. much as you can, obviously. But... It is much more important to know yourself. Then and I am at a very great disadvantage. But this is good advice. There's always the opportunity to learn. This is true. I... I suppose... And Rue kind of like turns a little bit and again like their eyes like flick that red just for a moment as I imagine we're still just wandering along these docks. Um, they pause for a moment and then the uh, light dims again. As you know, I suppose, the secret you hold. You know what I was accused of. Of murdering one who I grew up with as a brother. I cannot remember what happened. Everyone on the island treated me as a murderer, a villain for five years, and I still don't... I still don't know if... Tibble came to my island and believed me with no question. This was great comfort. I thought, this is a good person. Fishman reached out, has been kind, offered alternatives of apples. This, I thought, is a good person. Yourself, I am unsure with. You remind me very much of someone I once knew, and you were very patient. I am undecided. But I believe you can be a good person. This has all been very new to me and very exciting, and yet... I cannot speak of what I saw happen with Elton. But I had to directly intervene. A civilian would have been shot to death otherwise. I then heard the good captain order a shoot to kill. From Alton. When I asked why we were chasing a fleeing person instead of healing injured, Fishman responded, Captain's orders. Fishman claimed earlier that we tried to reason with the inspector, as did many others, but I only saw bullets. It was spoken again and again of treating the prisoner worse. The fact was the prisoner who tried to shoot down an innocent person. But that is all I saw of the Polaris. 
and I... These are observations. I'm thinking about what they mean. What are your thoughts on the matter, personally? What is this walk about? Is it a similar purpose to the one you led me on the ship about? And decided not to do something. This walk... Um, <clears throat> I am working with a purpose, but I am talking to communicate. You are doing a very good job at it. Well, I admit I am still finding it difficult to adjust this stride compared to everyone else here. And I think I'm learning. <clears throat> I appreciate your thoughts on what happened today. And I think it is important to to think on them as much as you can, but not let them rule you. <laughs> This is good advice. I have spent a lot of time thinking of such things. Anyway, the walks that we are on, do <clears throat> you remember the lovely people that we met in the tavern? Um, yes. <clears throat> I am going to interact with one of them, the ones that I got along with very well, um, and we are going to talk about the weather. That's right, and having learnt about your favourite places, you don't like her very much, so that's very good sarcasm. Oh, well, you, you are learning if you like well. her tonight. I am doing no such thing, I will be honest. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, both of us are aware that we um, uh, do not necessarily like each other. Um, I believe Loren likes me, but not in that way. I believe she likes the effect oh. that she has on me, which is torment. She seems to enjoy annoying you. I have picked this up. It yes. is not hard to see. You do appear to be very easy to annoy. Well, <clears throat> to a point. Um, <clears throat> I said that in a complimentary way. Well, no, of course. A complimentary Thank you. Way. You don't show it, but um, it seems to be easy to do. Well, I believe it is um, <clears throat> easier with um, Lorraine. Yes. And... I believe we will continue this conversation um, when we are leaving, for we have just arrived. We have too. You have a meeting? I do indeed have a meeting. I am uh, <clears throat> not entirely sure on what, your, uh, what you would like your intentions to be, whether you would like to come aboard or whether you would like to um, explore the town or... It is entirely up to you. I will leave the choice to you. I will not be issuing any orders. If it's all right with you, I would like to come on board. If that is permissible of the others. I'm sure it will be. I will not interrupt, of course. The Please. torment. Since I have given you a little of my own mind anyway. You are free to speak. You're not here at anyone else's will other than your own. Yes. 
This has been said. Well, <clears throat> shall we begin the torment then? Let us begin the torment. What wonderful weather for it. Absolutely, let us begin the torment. Oh, good, she was listening. Loren <laughs> appears at like the prow of Ooh. the ship and just leans over the side. You're talking quite loudly. My I just, apologies. I just think you have incredibly large ears. Well, that's mighty rude of you. Well, we're having a conversation between the two of us. You were, you did not interrupt to say that you were listening Ex- until right now. And that is quite rude of you, actually. Pity. So, uh, Rue's your bodyguard tonight? Good evening, Rue. I'm so- I am here to witness or be present. Uh, good evening. And they'd, like, tilt their, um, tricorn very politely at Loren and do almost sort of like, it's a very strange configuration, but you can see it's like, it's the one foot hooked in front of the other, like a tiny curtsy looks like. Loren does like a little head tilt in return and goes, ah, can the captain be expecting Fishman to be back up hiding in the water or should I, Tell her it's a no-go for the evening and she can just go to bed. Unfortunately, Fishman was incredibly busy. I was uh, <clears throat> intending just to come. However, uh, I saw Rue and thought that we should have a wonderful conversation in the moonlight. And now we are here. And now you're here. Welcome aboard the Red Phoenix. And she gestures for them to walk on board. And we do so. We do so. Rue's like, wow, what a nice ship. Is the ship red? <laughs> Is it painted red? Emily, would you like to explain your ship? <laughs> no, it's a very, very, very dark wood. Very misleading. I, well, you know, we don't fly any of the symbology when we come into port. So, uh. No, because people don't like your symbology, do they? Well, why would they? We're pirates? That's a silly question. It wasn't really a question. No. Anyway, and she's gonna lead them through the ship uh, and not take them to the war room. Uh, oh, why not? <laughs> she's going to take them to, like, I guess, like, a little, like, meeting room that we would have, like a general meeting area. Would Cerise be there or would she be in her cabin? She's probably sitting there with her feet up on the table. Captain? Two of them tonight. Unfortunately, not the one you were after. She strolls on in. Good evening. Good evening, Captain. Good evening. 
And Rue does the same little, like, <laughs> curtsy, but, um, head tilt. Mm. There's generally just, like, this looming figure behind her. It's just like, oh. Something just very curious now instead of just, like, <laughs> unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome aboard. Thank you. It is a um, <clears throat> nice ship. That really pained you to say it, didn't it? Well, I mean, there's a little bit of paintwork that needs doing. There's a bit of peeling. Um, some of the wood doesn't look like it's been sanded properly, and there's um, a little patch on the on the main deck that I thought that does not have any tar on it. So you know, there are always improvements. But in in the main uh, look of it, it is a nice ship. Ouch, Captain! He's calling your deck untarred. You're a brave little wizard, aren't you? Just observant. So is this where we'll be conducting our meeting, or...? Of course. I mean, it's not like we'd take you anywhere like the war room. That'd be stupid. Neris is very quiet. <laughs> so uh, feel free to take a seat. Either of you, anyone may come and go as they please. It is a general conversation. Naris will take a seat. If the two of you are comfortable, otherwise I can stand to the side for this conversation. But otherwise we will just stand there. <laughs> Look at one of the chairs and just be like, oh, I'm not going to do that to them. <laughs> and then just like primly sort of like put their hands in front of themselves very tucked in close. There is a jug of something, some kind of beverage on the table, and Cerise does have a goblet in her hand and she is drinking. Loren sits down opposite Neris. And much like the captain kicks her feet up onto a chair and she goes, so, Neris, the storm, where would you like to begin? Well, why don't uh, we begin at the start? How did you, what interest have you as controlling the storm? not an interest it's me blood i told you you book types you call us storm sorcerers people born into the storm if i don't utilize it if i don't control it then what is it wasted potential so how did you learn to control it trial and error a lot of error and she winks with her scarred eye. (coughs) 
What sort of storms can you manage? I know that you did a little trick with the rain earlier. You can make it rain in a small area and make it stop. That is a very quaint trick. Um, is there more that you can do? Trick. Right. Sorry, a magic performance. Right. Right. Well, a certain control of wind, a certain control of the waves can cause a tidal wave, can walk on water. I cannot yet muster my own storm, but I'm working on it. Certainly have a knack for thunder and lightning, as you well know, and that's only getting better. So... You know, this and that, bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. <clears throat> so you have no way of um, creating almost the element of a storm itself. Yet. I can create the components, not the zenith. But there are people who can. Of course. Many, many creatures can. Don't have to be magic like me to do it. The type of things you're talking about, Neris, magical storms, are you asking me about the people who control them or about them in general? There's many different kinds. A little bit of both, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> let us say hypothetically there was a um, a tiny storm that was to hypothetically appear and hypothetically act on its own almost sentiently. Um, <clears throat> would that be something that would be created or would it simply just exist? More importantly, what would be... If this thing does exist, what would be the downsides of making it cease to exist? Control implies a controller. If you're thinking about magic storms that just tend to exist, there's a lot of magic in this world gets mixed up, moves around a lot. Sometimes magic hits against the wrong kind of magic and creates storms. It's like a natural disaster. The tectonic plates just made of glitter, if that's an easy way to imagine it. It is not, but continue. But if a minor storm were to appear, that sounds like something controlled, something created. Creating things implies a equal and opposite give and take of energy, but uh, the creation and destruction of that kind of thing is only as important as the system built around it and however long it has been in place. If this were a localized minor situation, as soon as it was gone, it wouldn't have really affected anything. Just a couple of fish in the ocean would maybe have felt a little plink-plonk on the top of their heads if they swam too close to the surface. 
something that's been there for a while. Could be upsetting an entire ecosystem getting rid of it. There are areas, creatures, that bring the storm with them. But you know if you ran into them. And what if we did run into one of them? But like a smaller version? Hypothetically, of course. I think we're talking about two different things. We may be. <clears throat> you don't run into small versions of what I've seen. Nerys is about to make a rebuttal and then kind of pause when Lauren says what I've seen. And then we'll just keep going. Um, <clears throat> perhaps a different track then. Um, you are aware of, um, I believe, elemental beings. I seen a couple of them. What are your thoughts or understandings about the creation of zones? Elementals. From another plane, ain't they? You know, like, you mostly see ones made of, like, air or water, but you get those ones of, like, earth and fire and all that. Don't they uh, fall through, like, little portals or travel here and then they can, like, make themselves look like people? Have little offspring, make more little elementals? Sometimes if they have little offspring with a person, they can make, like, a genasi of that sort. Like that famous one, the fire one. Heard her dad was an elemental. <clears throat> well, um, with respect, I'm sure the... the um, <clears throat> Fire one was very uh, popular but, and a topic of tales and legends. But that is not um, what I am trying to refer to here. I'm talking an elemental just of the storm. And I know that they are, as you mentioned, create, oh, um, not created as such, but um, transported through planar rifts. Mm. Would something like that be able to be controlled? The same way you or I could be? They're sentient, ain't they? You control a person, you can control an elemental. But they are pure elements. Still. They have enough sentience to create. They have enough sentience to control. Someone's controlling them. It dictates mind-altering. Rather than some kind of cosmic, all-powerful storm daddy that can tell them what to do. entirely sure I like the terminology of Storm Daddy. Then I will use it constantly. That is uh, not the intention, but completely foreseeable. Mm. 
Oh, you finally foresaw something correctly. Good on you. Why must you hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> Why must you make it so easy? There are, <clears throat> my magic is incredibly um, <clears throat> focused on mm. certain... Um, it is very difficult to be aware of my surroundings and also be aware of the future and not right. just the future, but every future. It right. is a definite challenge. Right. So are you telling me I should ask me captain to leave the room so that way you're only, you're not outnumbered, only outpowered then? You think you are power? Power is an interesting concept that you bring up. I'm sorry, which of us just said that they have a very narrow field of work and which of us can stop the feckin' rain? It's wonderful that you can stop the rain, but I can also stop the rain and I don't need to use any magic with that. I have an umbrella. Ha. You're very funny. It was a good one. You know, I am very glad that I brought you. You're very welcome. He's not wrong. Captain? However, you must have a very narrow view of power then. I don't believe I do. I don't look at power as a way to beat an opponent. I look at um, power almost as if you would look at a storm. It is constantly changing, constantly evolving, and you must stay on top, or else you will drown. That's the first reasonable thing you've said all day. I have said so many reasonable things. Do you not you listen sure? to anything Are that you... I say? No, I don't, actually. I spent so long just thinking of things to say that people will be like, wow, that look at the profound, but no one pays any attention. So you're a try-hard. I'm not a try-hard. I do not have the panache. I'm not interested in <laughs> so that So you admit at all. you don't have panache. Oh I'm not God. interested in panache. On the there is no, no, I tried to use the panache once and it didn't work. How there did you no, try to use panache? I told you not to look at my hoo-hoo and then everything it, and everyone else did. <laughs> I definitely don't want to look at your fucking hoo-hoo. But the, the lightning and the, the, the flashing light and the hoo-hoo. It was literally like just a few hours ago. You know what there is for you that really was panache. I'll give you credit for that. Just because it didn't work doesn't mean you didn't do a good job. No, but then I feel like I've just wasted so much energy because I'm constantly thinking of the one-liners and it's going, to be, it's going to be so cool and I'm going to say, hey, don't look at this and I'm going to do something and it's going to work. And then it doesn't work. And then it just, it's, just, it's such a waste of time. You don't really have anyone to talk to on that ship, do you? I, I just, I have, I can talk to people. Mm -hmm. 
uh, this is not the topic of conversation. No, you're the one who sort of deviated a little there with your existential breakdown, which I'm sure you can save for next time you and Alton talk to one another. Do you have any more questions relevant to me? Um, <clears throat> yes, I do. Um, <clears throat> I'd love to hear them. And he's just going to sort of look around the room. Um, what's the room look like? Captain? Um, so it's quite a small room, sort of to the side, one side of the ship. Um, again, as with everything else on the ship, it is all dark wood. The table and chairs are enough to fit maybe eight people at a time. Um, and there are, there is sort of shelving or cupboards all around the room that are shut that you can't see what is inside. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I do have a question. Um, <clears throat> All right. I've been wanting to, um, it doesn't relate to you to start with, but it will in the end. Um, <clears throat> I've been wanting to get a, um, well, as you know, I am very fair-skinned. Mm -hmm. um, I am wanting to get uh, some form of a tattoo. Um, and I was wondering if you could recommend uh, somewhere that could do a, a tattoo of some description. You don't seem the type. But I could recommend a place or two. But I mean, normally I'm not the type just to put ink on my skin because that would be panache and that would be inappropriate. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I am all for um, random magics and, um, and the ability to <clears throat> perhaps use magic through um, one tattoo. And magic I believe tattoos. you may be well versed in that. Yes, I am. But unfortunately, the artist that gave me these is no longer around. I can recommend some other places that some of the crew go to. That's fine. I'm more interested in your tattoos anyway. What, um, out of curiosity, what do they do? They look good. And, uh... Occasionally, when I channel elements of the storm, they move. They're part of me becoming more powerful, same as my staff. They're sort of connected inherently to my magic. So it is the tattoos that give you power, not your blood? No. More like the uh, tattoos act as a sort of manifestation. In the same way the orb on my staff does. Except where uh, if you took my staff away, I'd have to start looking for components. The tattoos had a bit more flair. The tattoos of the panache. Like you said. Neris is going to stare at, uh, he's trying to formulate a sentence. 
um, and he's absentmindedly going to stare at the arm that had the tattoo that he saw in his vision. Um, when you're... <clears throat> Again, please let me know if I'm overstepping. I would hate to overstep. Um, mm -hmm. When your tattoo um, rotates or moves or shifts, mm. do you control that or does it control you? Let me ask you a question. When you breathe... Do your lungs control you or do you control them? I am not afraid of my lungs, Miss Hartwiller. What are you implying, Solalanti? What have you seen? I've seen enough, I think. Thank you very much for your time. No, you don't. Explain yourself. Daenerys will lean back in his chair. Um, and he sort of lets his arms drop down to his side. He might prop one up just on a leg and the other one will sort of hang down. Um, just sort of next to his satchel. Um, you are aware. You have made sure to inform me that you are aware that I can see glimpses into the future every now and then. When I so choose. Uh, <clears throat> you have also informed me that sometimes it does not work. Sometimes, however, it does. Miss Hartwiller, I do have to ask you a question. Have you ever seen yourself die? No. Have you? Every single day. There are scenes that play out in my head. Scenes that depict what may happen or what may currently be happening in different timeline, I'm not sure exactly how it works. But I can see sometimes I can see everything. And that knowledge, no matter how grounding it might be, 
sometimes I have the opportunity to change what I see and turn it from a certainty to a maybe. Sometimes seeing myself die, feeling myself die, is an opportunity just to change the future so that I don't. But sometimes it is an opportunity to learn. I'm sure you remember what happened when the Red Phoenix docked with the Polaris and you attempted to take don't want to say you attempted to take command because not entirely sure that was your intentions. But I you do remember. It. I turned you into a lightning lure. You did. And then I turned you into a moth looking at a lamp. There was an opportunity for learning there. And I learned that sometimes you're not in full control of yourself. Why am I incorrect? <laughs> All right, Solalanti. You want the truth? There are creatures that bring the storm wherever they come. Creatures of fable of fate that bring death and destruction and calamity wherever they go. You might have heard of them. They're called sirens. And the reason I have this blood in my veins is one of them took it upon themselves to kill me, mother. giving birth to me. Shipwrecked us and tried to drown the lot of us. I don't know what kept her at bay that day. My father says she died. I don't think so. That siren left a mark on me left and her eyes fall to her tattoos these marks on me some call magic a blessing this is a curse you say there are futures where i can't control myself because of that monster marking me. 
So I try to control it, control around it, do what I can to keep it at bay. And one day, that monster will die on the end of my spear. And I may lose my magic, or I may lose my life. But I will be in control. So yes, Neris Solalanti, there are futures where I can't control myself. They'll get fewer and far between. And there are far more futures where I win. Neris, throughout this conversation, um, towards the end of that, um, for the first time, this whole conversation, um, he does drop his eyes down and looks at the table instead of at Loren. And there's a pause. And Nurse will look back up again. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> thank you for sharing. I do apologize about that. No problem. Well, <clears throat> this has been a very eventful conversation. Thank mm. you very much for your hospitality for the both of you. And we'll turn and give a, a nod to the captain. I believe we should be going now. I believe you should. Neris. Don't go poking around where you don't think you might want to see the answer. Especially not in my business. You got one truth today. Gotta work harder for more, right? Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for yours, Rue. Pleasure seeing you. Oh, uh, yes, same to you, and my apologies. What for? It is an unkind start to life. I wish that had not befallen upon you. Well, you cannot change the past. You can change the future. This is true. You're right. Rue like inclines their head at um at Dara's and then turns back to the run. 
regardless. I am sorry to hear this. Well, that's mighty kind of you, Rue. I appreciate it. Right, well, door is this way? No? <clears throat> Absolutely it is. If you go snooping, Irik will get you. Of course, I have no doubt. Um, <clears throat> oh, also, uh, Captain, uh, is there anything else you need to discuss with my Captain regarding the conversations that was cut short in the tavern? And I suppose he wants more answers. The captain was insistent that we make a, another arrangement at some stage. I'm sure he will be in touch. Very well. We won't be in port for much longer, though. Ah, no, of course, will not be. Um, <clears throat> the weather is much nicer out to sea. Well, <clears throat> have a pleasant evening. You too. Enjoy your moonlit stroll. Yes, uh, fair weather to you, and thank you again for the apple. It has been most useful. I will find a replacement apple for you. I'd make the next convenience. Don't worry about it, Rue. Rue kind of holds up the apple from the little pocket and then just like does a little <laughs> head nod and then follows Nero's out. Consider it a gift. Have a good night. And tell Janice I said hello. If he's avoiding me, he's a coward. And as we leave and we walk along the dock, we get a few ships away. And Neris turns to Rue with that little half-cocked smile that he has. As I was saying, when there is emotions brought into the conversation there's so much more that gets revealed that was very clever you even fooled me and I am sorry for you as well the death every day is a terrible way to live if there is something I can do to assist I am a medic. That's not something that can be healed of the, of the body, but perhaps the mind, or perhaps of magic. Either way, you did learn a great deal, and I have learned something of you. And what is that? That I think further assessment needs to be made. But you're a very complicated person. And you did seem very anxious to be interesting and have panache. And I think you do have a little bit of it. You did seem to really have them for a moment, I must say. 
when you were mentioning the tattoo. Obviously, it was a bit sad when she talked about the reasoning behind it, but I think you did a very good job. So that's another thing. Well, I think we learned a lot more than what, what credit is given. This is true. I appreciate it. Do you think if a mother is attacked during childbirth, that would affect the child now? Perhaps. Perhaps. Or perhaps, perhaps there was no reason for it, and it is just happenstance, and a storm born of a, of a siren. But perhaps. Anyway, it is indeed lovely weather for a walk. It is very lovely weather for a walk. What a wonderful stroll this is. And we continue back to the yes, show. and as you maybe in the back of your mind, continue to ponder the circumstances allegedly surrounding Lorraine's birth. Uh, as arcanely novel as they may seem to you, in particular, Neris, um, the two of you make your way back to the ship. And that is where we're going to leave it for the, e- for this episode. Um, as long as it has been. See you next um, week, everyone. See you next week. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Bye. Have a good Bye. week. was a long one uh, i apologize I i've been planning that conversation for about yeah no that was yeah, so good yeah. <laughs> i was half expecting you to cut us off right before it and i was like it's i okay. know start with it I next know. week it's fine i can deal with it and then we got to do it i was like yes it's finished you managed to have the same it was very good i'm really glad you just got to it it was very cool yes. very very cool and very narratively interesting Thank i also liked rue being there as well oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> i think you were gonna so say funny. the same thing yeah. Just We're just uh, hello. in the corner. Ruined <laughs> <Just like, laughs> just kind of there. Yeah, I will say. Glancing over to each other, like. <laughs>